Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hanukkah Erotica Book Club. I am Razel, your co-host, and I'm joined by Malia. Hello. Hi, Mal. Hi. How's it going? It is going. I mean, it is, you know, that wonderful time between camp and school where our lives are very fun and not at all full of, you know, understimulated children. One of whom has hand, foot, mouth, if you're me. Oh, shoot. Really? Okay, I don't actually think so because he had no fever and is in great spirits. And my experience of hand, foot, mouth previously was that Benny had a fever and was miserable. So what so does he just have? Has a rat. He's he... a rash. Oh, yeah. All right. Good. Anyway. We this also is not have the podcast one who's had... You... Yeah, whatever. Enough. <laughs> Enough of that. Enough about feverish Content children. Content warning. Hand, foot, yes. mouth. Yes. Contact Trigger. warning, cocksacky. <laughs> Contact warning, sleepless, irritable parents. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I know yeah. I know what our listeners are, are asking about, and it's not about my cordless Dyson. Jonathan said the most suburban thing about me is not that I got that cordless Dyson, it's how much I talk about it. Right, right, right. It's the fact that it's so Not interesting. Not interesting. Got it. Right, right. Noted. So anyway, wait, big, big episode for us today uh, something very exciting is happening yes we yes. were invited to be on the too stupid to live podcast yeah becky feldman's podcast and she's been doing this podcast for years and this concept is so good she reviews books that are all under five dollars genius real bottom of the barrel kindle unlimited stuff Love it. I'm always hoping, like every time we pick one and I go to Kindle to purchase it, I'm always hoping for that under $5 price tag. So you know, I really appreciate it. I actually have some recommendations for her now that I realize I for, I have to tell her about. Remember the book we read, Shira's Secret? Of course. What's her name? Her Chaya, Chaya. I feel like I want to... Chaya T. Glazer, right? Yes, yes. Chaya T. Right. Glazer. Uh, oh, no, Chaya T. Hirsch. Thank you. Chaya T. Hirsch. Um, Chaya T. Hirsch. I'm going to, yes, Becky Feldman needs to know about those books. A treasure yeah. trove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like she, she, you know, she educates, she schooled us. I mean, she oh, is yeah. in it with romance as a genre. I mean, she, like, sounds like she really, she knows all the, like, dark corners. But I felt like maybe the, the from romance subgenre possibly was new to her. Um, yeah, I think so, too. I'm going to tell her that we have a recommendation for her. Chaya T. Hirsch. I'd love to read a Chaya T. Hirsch book with her. Anyway, so this episode today is really our conversation on the Too Stupid to Live podcast. Malia and I, along with Becky Feldman, whose podcast it is, we read a book called Higher by Roz Alexander. And we have a lot to say about it. And, we said a lot. Uh, we, we covered a lot. It was, it was cool because we got to sort of like present some of the general premises of the show which was fun like we we kind of like we did a good intro to ourselves yeah definitely definitely then we we um learned a little bit about becky and her show and then we really dove into hire by Roz alexander a butch for butch rosh hashanah romance that i think our listeners would enjoy not just our conversation about it but the book the book was really, yes, I mean, the, the TLDR of the whole conversation was we loved the book. It was really fun. Uh, and Rosh Hashanah and well is written. a surprisingly romantic holiday. Underrated yeah, romantic and, holiday. Yeah. Possibly because of, in part because of the honey. Right. Also, just a note, 
uh, we just so because we're recording and we actually just released our last week's episode. Um, so I don't know, uh, Razel, have you had any like feedback yet about the episode? We like literally just put it out. So, so. As, as some of our subscribers may know, when we first released it, the version was a little wonky and it was just my voice with no other voices in the podcast. So some of our listeners weren't able to listen right away. They have to delete it, re-download. So I haven't gotten feedback yet, but it really was just released. And um, listen, I thought it was, I think it was kind of funny. I don't want William to feel badly about it. Mistakes happen. No, it was really funny. In the beginning, I felt like I heard you like say, muttering something to yourself. I don't know if it was like a motivational psych up that you do before the show begins. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I really wanted to know what that muttering was. I was trying to make it out. <laughs> That is so good. He said, I love that in the final mix. <laughs> it was audio check talk. I, I thought it was something like, you, you is smart, be a you is kind, you is beautiful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, but also, I think, th- like, listeners who haven't, who maybe haven't made the effort to delete and then re-download that episode with Stacey Agdrum was great. It was it's worth the effort to listen to it, and also very noteworthy. In the in the middle, I tell a story about meeting William, who's my husband and our producer, and I talk about a cartoon, an animation that he was hired to do decades ago, and William dug up the audio from that animation and inserted it as background audio while I'm telling the story. So William, I mean, like, you've outdone come yourself. On. Come on. That's just like, that's next level. So, I mean, and Stacey Agard was super just fun and enthused, pouring out passion about romance and Judaism from every pore. So I really think it was worth And Stacey worth just, she, know, she knows so many authors. She knows KK. She knows KK. I mean, she, she knows so many authors. She knows, she understands romance as a genre and every trope. And it was just, she really, she, she gave us a, quite an education. So that was the most recent episode that's come out. And now tonight, you're going to hear us on the Too Stupid to Live podcast. We're really excited about it. We already had the conversation, as you could tell. And it was really fun to talk to Becky. She's really about, cool. Yeah, yeah she's she was really great. funny and just like she was just a great she facilitated a fun conversation. I really liked it. She really did. And I am just delighted that she didn't know that Hum and Tashin were vulvas. I know. We are educating we her life. Totally. We are like, you know, changing hearts and minds here on Hanukkah Erotica. Wow. Really spreading the truth. Loved her. I hope she continues to be our friend absolutely that was that's yes and like we were saying it's just fun to be part of this community it's just like a cool crew yep happy to be here Mm -hmm. um also you'll hear as you listen that um becky made some recommendations for us at the end for our hanukkah reads this year and i i can't wait an alien romance meteors and menorahs did not know that that was a genre and the fact that there's a jewish one that she could just like pull out of her hat was very cool and snowbound in her boss's bed okay that one i really don't know about (laughs) (laughs) i'll read it first sometimes i do that sometimes i read a book before malia reads it to see if it's a book we should read for the podcast and i'll take one for the team and i'll read snowbound in her boss's bed Great. You know, it's funny because this is a segue to the fact that my mom was telling me about listening to our podcast and she was like, I mean, Malia, the podcast is really great, but like, 
you know you can tell Rachel's a lot more into it than you are. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, you know, this is her. I'm a visitor. Like, this is her, like, stomping ground that she's invited me into. That's sort of the conceit of the whole thing. Um, but that I thought that, that was premise. funny. That is so <laughs> yes. funny. I was like, thanks for that, <laughs> thanks for that encouragement, Mom. <laughs> I think you seem very into it. I'm into it. But, you know, I appreciate your vetting it, I guess, is my point. I think with that, that fits well with the, the dynamic here. Yeah. Um, so I just looked up Snowbound in her boss's bed on Libby, and it didn't come up. But oh, a picture book called Who Made That Sound? Animals came up. It's an audio book, picture book for children. And that's okay. what came up when I put Snowbound in her boss's bed. Who made that sound? Animals. That's what okay. came up. So I'll have to look it up on Amazon. I'm sure it's like a Kindle Unlimited dreck that I cannot wait to dive into. That sounds good. Great. I mean, we should definitely, we've been talking about like storing up for our, you know, for a Hanukkah is our holiday, obviously. So we need to have an extravaganza. We do. And I think that now is the perfect time. We, we kind of like teased this a little bit in our episode last week with Stacy, but we can really mm. tell our, our listeners now that on December 12th, nope, <laughs> on December 13th, right. On December 13th, not the 12th, on the 13th, we have a live event at the Ripped Bodice Brooklyn. We are yes. so excited. I can't believe it. I'm thrilled. This is going to be so fun. I am so excited. So Molly and I will be doing our thing live. And, um, oh, interesting. William's asking, will the Ripped Bodice mark our last episode of season one or our first episode of season two? Season finale or season premiere? Hmm. Good question. Good question. Hmm. I don't know. What should it be? I'd love to know what our listeners think. Yeah, maybe we could do a, you know. Season premiere. Do... Maybe it's the premiere of season two. We could take a poll, though. Sure. Let's do that. Season finale of season one or season premiere of season two. Hmm. Big year. We've had a big year. We Huge. will have had a big year by, by, by next Hanukkah. So right. cool. So we're going to have to decide what we're reading for that book. And then Molly and I will be having a live Hanukkah erotica. You'll be able to read along with us. And we're so excited. It'll be really fun. We're going to do our, our podcast thing. We'll play some games with the audience. Do some yeah. q and I'm excited Great. to meet people. I... I'm excited to just, you know, I'm excited to see the ribotics. because I've heard it's adorable inside. I can't wait. I can't wait. And anyone who attends and gets a ticket to the event will also get a store credit to the Ripped Bodice. Oh, cool. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. $15 tickets. They'll be $15 tickets. Affordable. They'll be sold on the Ripped Bodice website, but they're not posted yet. We're just so, warming up. We're huge We're in pre-sales pre here. Yes. Yeah. Huge. Huge announcement for us. Like, this is everything. I'm, I'm, I... I can't believe it's happening, to be honest. It's just, it's crazy. I'm very excited. We have a lot. We have, we're going to plan. But we, I mean, we're also taking recommendations for what book we should read for the live event, I think. Definitely. I think we are. So it has to be a Hanukkah book. And, um, but I right. want it to be one that you could buy at the Ripped Bodice. I don't want it to just be a Kindle book. I want, you know, I want them to be able to mm. sell it. That makes sense. Sure. So not Snowbound in her boss's bed. There's no way that's in print. <laughs> no. <laughs> And probably that's for the best, let's be honest. Snowbound in her boss's bed. Here it is, Harlequin Presents. Oh. By Marcella Bell. Is this really a Hanukkah romance? Yes, it is. It, it is. It really is. The first blurb 
is a is a, like a little blurb from Gene Meltzer who wrote the matzo ball. Outside the snow is falling. Inside the heat is definitely rising. On the first day of Hanukkah, new events director Miriam Howard is summoned to CEO Benjamin Silver's luxurious Aspen Chalet. But while she's briefing him on plans for a dazzling gala, a blizzard leaves her stranded. All too soon, their chemistry becomes all too obvious. Yet no matter how surprised Miri is to see her own loneliness reflected in Benjamin's piercing blue eyes, she's determined to resist temptation, which means until the storm passes, they must battle their scandalous and ever-intensifying attraction. All right. Okay. That's not our next book, listeners. That's just Snowbound in Her Boss's Bed. Right. Well, that Okay, we'll see. I told you I'm going to take yeah. one for the team. I'll read it. For, I'll read it. Okay. Great. I'll Looking read it so, you, don't, so you may not have to. I'll let you know how it is. Cool. All right. So, Too Stupid to Live, up next, our conversation with Becky Feldman. Enjoy. And uh, at the end of that episode, at the end of this episode, we'll talk about what we're reading next. We're really excited. It's our first Harlequin. Yes. Lots of firsts for us here. Lots of firsts. Mm-hmm. All right. Enjoy, everyone. Hello. Oh, my God. Molly and Razel, welcome to Too Stupid to Live. Hi. And welcome me to your podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're really on yours right now. Totally. Yes. This is your show. I um, was so excited when I saw your podcast come out because I've done this podcast for years um, and I, you know, am Jewish, was raised Jewish and, you know, usually there'd be a Christmas romance novel that would be published every year, as, you know, we all know. Um, And so, like, one year, like, it was, like, 10 years ago, I was like, is there any Hanukkah romance novels? And I found one and it was from one of my favorite authors, but it was clear that she had just kind of found and replaced Hanukkah with Christmas. Mm. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) What is this? (laughs) The movies are doing that. The movies are getting better. Yes. But there's only a few. And so far, most of them have just swapped out like some blue and Jewish names with still mostly Christmas. Right. It's like the hallmark sort of like theme and sort of standards and just right exactly yeah that's exactly what it was and it was like the thing that made me laugh out loud was like it was like every year she liked to get a new menorah with her dad and I'm like (laughs) do we do that am I supposed to do that we don't do that (laughs) but that's what we're discovering through all of these books right so you know we didn't know about Hanukkah romances either and then we stumbled upon them and then after stumbling upon all these Hanukkah romances we then kind of kept going with other Jewish romances because we realized it was the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, it has gotten exponentially better over the years. It's like, (laughs) oh, okay, like, it's not just like a Wikipedia research copy paste, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, these are real people, these are real, like, qualities and families and people that I, like, relate to. Um, And a lot of them get a lot of nuances about Judaism very right. Like, agreed. More right than I would, I think. You know, they do deep dives. Yeah. Do you guys ever learn something new? Like, I went to Hebrew school, like, you know, up until 12th grade. Um, Ooh, Hebrew high school. Big deal. I mean. When you continue after your bat mitzvah, it's significant. Yeah. I, well, I had, I mean, I'm glad (laughs) I'm a full, I had, I had to. My parents are listening. They forced me to do it. Um, (laughs) Thank you, mom and dad. No, um, but I feel like when, like, so I've ha- I feel like I've had a lot of Hebrew school in my life. I went to Jewish sleepaway camp. We also get, like, you get a lot of Jewish education there. Mm. I always learn something new in a Jewish romance novel that I never have learned 
in my 38 years of being a Jewish woman before. Uh, well, this is interesting because Molly grew up orth. Molly and I are stepsisters. Our parents are married, and Molly grew up Orthodox, and I didn't. I grew up also going to Hebrew school and having lots of Jewish experiences in those other ways. And I do feel like we learn things, but also new new concepts come up. Like it, it started a lot of interesting conversations for Molly and I. Molly, have you learned about new Jewish concepts? Yeah, totally. I mean, first of all, like. I mean, two things. Like, number one, I think we've discovered there are so many sub-genres to Jewish romance novels, and the ones that are set in the Orthodox world, some of them are, pe- the authors are obviously from that world and know all the details way more than me. And so I've learned, you know, we've we've talked about on past episodes that we've done phrases and rituals that are even, like, foreign to me like maybe I've heard something about it but I've you know I still learn and then also I'm not as familiar with some like for example like the last book we talked about was about the concept of the adult bat mitzvah bat or bar mitzvah b'nai mitzvah and that's not something that really happens in the orthodox community so I had vaguely heard of it but didn't really know the details and I got an education about it so totally learning yeah that's it's so wild did you ever read um the book craving flight um, no. Mm-mm. Oh, should we? I mean, it is the first. Well, I was just listening to your episode, so I'm like, I'm have the rip bodice in my brain, and they actually there's one in LA, and they recommended Craving Flight, um, and um, it does take place in an Orthodox Jewish community, but mm. um, I, I'm not sure oh, if the author is Jewish. Oh, I read Jewish. that book. Yeah, where um, she has converted for like, and she's in like, it's like t- tying up. Item yes, and, I read that book. Wax. That book's yeah. very intense. Yeah, it's an intense yeah book. But I like, and I did an episode with it, and it brought up so much for me. You know, in terms of like, I don't know if this happens to you guys with like how women are treated and how we have been viewed in, in the history of Judaism. You know, and it's like, oh whoa, this isn't just like a happy Hanukkah story right now. <laughs> not at all. But by the way, I never even thought about it for the podcast because it's so not romantic. It's but it is erotica. Wait, yeah. Is that in that book? Is he calling her like his little Sipora, like bird his in little Hebrew? Bird. His, his little bird. His little bird. I remember yeah. that book. I read mm-hmm. it a long time ago. That book is very mm-hmm. intense. Sounds yeah. dark a little bit there, guys. Yeah, it was. It's like it was so dark and like it was like oh like it was like taking like a it was like 50 shades of gray in the temple you know what I mean like it was like okay like it it was more of like it was like a writer's experiment I think more so than like oh I'm gonna tell like a Jewish story you know what I mean (laughs) might have just been a fantasy (laughs) I forgot about that one I, I did um so how did you guys like fall upon Hanukkah romance and how did you come up with the idea for your podcast so as I tuck my daughter in, I often read an ebook on my phone. Mm-hmm. And I was looking through the Libby app, the library app, and it was November, and so I guess like seasonal things started popping up, and all of a sudden, multiple Hanukkah romance books popped up. And I was like, what is happening? What's, and I think I've never seen these before. <laughs> they were compelling, the titles, the covers. So I started screenshotting the covers and book descriptions, and I started posting them to my Instagram stories. And I was like, first, first that whole first night, I was like, I need to write one of these. I need to write one of these. And But then I was like, you know what? I actually just need to read these. So I started reading one, and I started posting screenshots of the different pages, highlighting different phrases. 
a lot of people were interested in this and my DMs started blowing up. But Malia DM'd me. I was reading I'll Be Home for Hanukkah by K.K. Hendon. Yes. And Malia was like, this story really spoke to me. And <laughs> I was like, I know our dynamic and rapport. And I was like, Malia, we need to start a podcast talking about these books. Like instantly, like as soon as she said, just because I saw what was happening in my inbox I saw that the book was speaking to a lot of people. People were engaging with me about it. And I just, I felt like we need to do this. I felt like our sensibilities and our senses of humor and our perspectives were going to complement each other in this format. And between our interest in reading and chatting and William, my brother-in-law, Malia's husband, our producers, tech skills, we made it happen. And then my sister, my biological sister um, designed the art and it all just happened very quickly. Yeah. That's and I story. was just, yeah, totally. I mean, I was, I always, you know, I always swipe Rachel's Insta stories, but they're usually just like, you know, cute photos of her kids and what she's up to. And it's always fun. But this was like, really, I felt like I was consuming media. Like it was, it was mm-hmm. fun. It was just entertain, so entertaining. And again, I'll Be Home for Hanukkah is, I think, grabbed me because it's one of these from romances and it had all these funny details from a world that like I've I've never really seen in such detail in published books. Mm -hmm. And so I was just having fun kind of providing my own commentary. And then Rachel was like, we could actually do this on the regular. And here you are. And And here we are. So great. (laughs) Have you. you like read any like have you did you start reading like non-jewish rom- not non-jewish romances but like like how did you get into like like just reading and you know you open the libby app what were you planning on reading i guess is my <laughs> so, so we so i enjoy i have read romance historically mm-hmm. and malia hasn't Never. but but we also read a lot of the same books so okay. separate you know just like regular great fiction so mm-hmm. we 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 often talk and share books that we've never discussed we've never discussed those on this podcast but just like a great book that we read <laughs> no, right. not our listeners don't care about how much i loved the late cover right, right. but um <laughs> but you know it's like we both read a lot of a lot of the same books and enjoy each other's recommendations mm-hmm. um but i've always i have also always read romance and also a lot of garbage like a lot of the kind of bread and butter of your podcast like mm-hmm. these kindle unlimited like i've read a lot of i like palate cleansers between good books yeah mm-hmm. um so i've always i have loved romance for a long time probably o- over 20 years um mm-hmm. but maybe some mom was any of the ya you read when you were younger romance like yeah, in high school? I, Not really. Yeah, I guess. Like when I was in, in, yeah, like young high school. I mean, I think for me, this has been like a, an eye opener also because I think I always considered myself like I like literary fiction. Like I read mm-hmm. highbrow novels, you know, um, like I read things that are shortlisted for like, you know, illustrious prizes. I wouldn't read, you know, and romance novels are sort of silly and, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of beneath me was my, my thinking always. Um and like smart women don't read things like this and right and I've been totally I mean as and then as I was pulled in by what Razel was posting on Insta stories you know at first I was like okay this is sort of tongue-in-cheek but then as we went on I realized like 
No, these are cool explorations of interesting ideas, actually. And, you know, the genre kind of give, allows a freedom to explore things that actually can't be explored uh, as easily in a more serious, you know, f- setting. So I, I feel like, you know, a lot of my suppositions have been, have been pushed away. Yeah, I've noticed that with like a lot of my guests, you know, the, they come in thinking like this is going to be trash or fluff and then it's like, oh, it's really interesting. And then with like, for me particularly, and when I get like my Jewish friends to come on and review a book with me, I feel like for us and mainly, well, for me, everything we've ever done, like the prayers that we've said and going to temple and all that stuff, it's so like mechanical and rote we don't even know why we're doing it you know and then you read a romance novel and like you read like characters and you see how like Judaism kind of like is developed in them as characters and you're like oh yeah that's the meaning (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) like you find more meaning whereas in real life it's just like regular like day-to-day stuff you know no that's nice I like that idea I want to start finding more meaning in my own Jewish identity through these books maybe I have to some degree well, you have you yeah. the podcast, yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, that's true. Um, no, I think that I think that you're right. I think. Well, have do you ever follow Sarah Wendell and the smart yeah. bitches mm-hmm. trashy books whole movement? And so, like oh, that yeah. whole concept that like all these smart bitches like trashy books like was my. I actually think it gave me the kind of like confidence to like not see it as something to be ashamed about oh me too they that they were like the first because I was started reading and I was like I I I I didn't tell anyone I was like everyone's gonna think I'm a sad lady whatever but it's like (laughs) if I want to talk with them about them you know and so then I like stumbled upon like I mean right when it started smart bitches trashy books and it was like oh this is a thing I'm not alone exactly it's not just a community it's a huge community huge community and that's how that's why I was getting book recommendations and then Sarah went Malia, she wrote a Hanukkah book that we haven't read, that maybe oh. this Hanukkah we will. But she's Jewish, and she she wrote a Hanukkah romance book. She's also written a book about romances. Like She mm-hmm. is the OG. She's given me, not for a long time, but she's given me recommendations. Um, yeah. she's, we, she's super cool. I did her anthology book that she, um, like, guided, is it not Guiding Light? That's a TV show. Um, but she, had, she like, edited an anthology of, like, short exactly. Hanukkah stories. Yeah. That, hmm. right, she did. I think Burning like, for me, there's like, there's like an earnestness to these books or the Jewish ones that I've read. There's like mm-hmm. an earnestness to the way that the characters talk about Judaism and romance. Um, but to focus on the Jewish part, like and, and like the book that we're that we've read for today, I felt like there was like a sweet earnestness about the way that these characters consider Jewish ideas. That's you know I don't know hard to come by in our jaded Jewish world and Mm -hmm. I find nice and refreshing and actually you know sweet I do too I actually really want to talk about are we ready to talk about the book yeah yeah what I'll do is here I let me read a quick synopsis real quick so um okay the book that we are reviewing is Hire a Butch for Butch Romance by Roz Alexander which is currently three dollars and 99 cents okay here's a synopsis that I just wrote okay the Jewish holiday of Rosh Hashanah is all about new beginnings, but Tali and Maple's sexy Shana Tova gets going a bit earlier. <laughs> a one-night stand gets even stickier when these two realize they'll be seeing a lot of each other in the coming months, as they're both involved with a hashtag Save the Bees mural for the High Holy Days. These two are clearly sweet together, but past hurts cause both of them to put up walls. And when it comes to welcoming happiness into their lives, does Shalom mean hello or goodbye? 
It's so good. Your synopsis <laughs> is so good. <laughs> you could write one of these. I just, totally. just want to write people's synopsises for them in my own, like, weird. <laughs> you what? should. That was so, that was so good. You sold um, it. I mean, who wouldn't really read it after did. that? Yeah. You really did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Roz also starts this book with a note from Roz. Mm-hmm. And it really sets up a lot of things to come in higher. She gives content warnings for so many things that I wouldn't even think you need to kind of warn your readers about. But I feel like that goes with what Molly was saying about the earnestness. Like, I think that, she, that, that they are actually just like a very sensitive person who cares deeply about their readers and... Also, there were sensitivity screeners that I saw in the, at the end. You know, it's like, it's really important to them. But I was surprised. Absent parent, adoption, angst, lots, butt stuff, deceased parent, mom, explicit sex, external and internalized homophobia slash, slash bush phobia. If you want to skip the explicit external homophobia, skip chapter 16, honey on skin, migraine, on page and historical. There's more, but... Content, I mean, I actually suffer from them, but to, to think that a reader might not want to read about someone's migraines or talk about migraines, like, ve- ve- Roz is a very sensitive person. Yes, I definitely got that vibe. And, like, I was happy to see it. Like, I'm always happy to see content warnings, like, no matter how, like, maybe trivial they may seem to other people. Because, like, you do read these books as escapism. And if it's, like, you'll want to escape a migraine, you're not going to want to read about someone getting a migraine. Right. That would <laughs> bum, you, way, bum you out if you're like, no, a migraine. <laughs> I would have appreciated it in some other books. Like, did you read some of Jean Meltzer's books? No, maybe. She, okay, so she wrote the matzo ball. Molly and I have I not have read, read it together yes. for okay. the podcast mm-hmm. yet, but her character is like really unwell. Mm-hmm. And I know that she wrote that intentionally. She's a chronic illness, and it's a chronic illness comes up constantly throughout the pages of what I think a lot of people pick up as a lighthearted Jewish romance. Mm. It's like I actually would have appreciated a content warning. Yeah, I feel like there's like I mean, obviously I'm not an author, but like there is this debate of like how much you want to put in a book like are you revealing too much are we too sensitive are we going to be ruining the story by putting all these content warnings or would someone like to know I mean it is frustrating when you get honey stuck on your hands I will say and (laughs) totally I just can't to, to, to think I was talking about it at work this morning that you have to warn your readers that there's going to be honey on skin like oh nope I'm out it's like it's I'm too out. much for me. It's too much for me. It's, it's stressful. So then it gets on everything. I mean, you know, you're wiping honey up days later. You feel bad about yourself. It really is just, I don't even like go near honey unless I have to. Yeah. You know, totally. I'm like, this is too messy. And you've scraped it out when it's crystallized in the jar and then it gets stuck on something. I mean, there's just so many layers there. You should thank Roz for the warning. I really do. I, I do. Yeah, then there's then there was some, uh, there was a whole paragraph on butch identity which I thought was interesting and then another whole paragraph specific to something called stone butch identity I went down another deep dive with that we should wait wait on that for later because that seems like mm-hmm. it was it's maybe a later conversation but Roz really kind of preps us for what's to come and by the way in the after the book is done she also has kind of like a bibliography section a little mm-hmm. bit where she references you know a bunch of articles about bees and an article about stone butch identity which i clicked did on. you click it me too i did mm-hmm. 
Malia, the author who wrote that blog post, is it the author Zan West? Do you know? Do you did you realize? I remember you read Kinky you read Nights? their yes, bio. Yes, yes I, I was told like you it's all about. I was them. like things are coming together here. Yes, for me. yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Making the connections. I also like liked what they put in the intro part of like adding in that there's like no right way to be Jewish you know like it was just like nice to see as someone because we all like celebrate and have our spirituality in our own ways no matter what kind of like sect of religion we were raised in I mean sometimes it's not but we're still Jew you know and so I was like oh that's good to know you know that like she's like or they're like I'm just these are these characters you know this is this world these characters and it was like okay that's real life and that what I I love that nuance I I did too I always like when I see books kind of speak about it's that you can be Jewish in many different ways and there's no right way Mm -hmm. I think that's really special and and kind of beautiful and I thought that was really nice that this that was here that these characters definitely like really care deeply about their Jewish identity, mm-hmm. but they were also doing it in this Molly and I read, and I'm sure you do too, just based on the books you're reading, some books that take place in very clear locations and some books that are like in any town USA. Yes. Yeah. And when they're in this like any town USA that this book was, um, because the thing is like, what Jewish community are they talking? About? Is this real or imagined? Like, I'm curious. This was giving, did you, we read this book, Knit One Girl Two? Mm -hmm. No. About an independent yarn dyer in South Florida. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, like, in Knit One Girl Two, it was also like this sort of like indie world, alt community. She's hand dyeing yarn. She gets inspired by a painting. She falls for the artist. Like, these, they're like really supportive of each other. They're Jewish. They're both girls. Like, they are both like in this indie art world. She 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 hand dyes yarn and then has a subscription service. Like it's all very indie. Mm-hmm. These characters are too. Yes. Yeah. And I, Roz is, yeah. and like the way they speak, like there's just something about it that felt very familiar. There was like I was like thinking about it as like the world of this story like every character the way like where they go and even though like it's kind of every town usa it's like the bar and the temple and the b plate you know i'm like this this i would watch a tv show that about anyone in this town you know like it was just like so they were all there was like a level of chillness which i like too even though our main character um talia is like a little a little high strung a little totally and you know the thing is is that i agree you're right that this was totally in the Anytown USA sort of bucket, but that B reserve that they went mm-hmm. to, I-, I know there was not supposed to be anything overtly Jewish about that place, but there is sort of this Jewish retreat center thing that I've been to a few of these places, and like it's a very specific vibe where like it's usually very progressive, very like a lot of queer identified people are there and you know connect with you know their own struggles with the struggles of the earth and ecological issues and you know there's sort of like a jokey vibe and there's the people who like just live around there and help artists with their projects and to me like this place really was that like and there there like the Jewish connection with that I don't know felt very vivid to me like I've been to places like that. Oh, for yes. sure. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and you're in LA, so there's definitely a lot of places like that. Oh yeah, there's a lot of like places that are like 
there's a level of like spirituality I think and inclusiveness I would say like more like more so like I'm from the tri-state area as well like I grew up in New Jersey and it's like there's I mean it's also different you know from my childhood when you know people were scared to come out and you know we people were more like you know closeted and homophobic and things like that you know and it's like so interesting to see that out, I, I for some reason my brain equates it with Los Angeles, even though it's it's probably also tw- it's because it's twenty twenty three, you know. No, it's everywhere, and like the this this whole I agree with you. Like this beekeeping community did feel like any sort of Jewish retreat center. Or so I was imagining that. Region. So for me, it did conjure like sort of specific places. Mm-hmm. Did you guys like go on like? field trips like we went to like the matzah factory one year to see how matzah was made um yeah, we know that i know that matzah guy sure, sure. <laughs> the chabad the chabad yeah, matzah yeah. guy in brooklyn sometimes he came to us sometimes we yeah he came to, to us a lot yeah, too yeah, yeah. yeah oh this is a guy in south jersey we went to i mean this was like i was oh. young we, we this was south jersey um oh. or maybe we went to philadelphia i have no idea oh a different like, chabad matzah guy yeah we yeah we did i had a different matzah guy different matzah guy <laughs> I'm sure there's an element. I bet Molly and I, maybe Molly, to be of the same one, I don't know. Maybe you had a Jersey one too. Maybe there's more. You know, they might have imported him from New York. I don't know. I mean, we went to the big, there's a big matzo factory in Brooklyn that I went to visit several times as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That place is intense. Yeah, yeah. A lot of water being flung. (laughs) <laughs> I want to read Roz Alexander's other books for the, of this series, The Mask for Purim and the Matzah one, Matzah mm-hmm. Match. I do, yeah. I do want to check them out. I, I really do. I, I, think, I mean, I, I really, I think they're a really good writer, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the way that they wrote conversation between Maple and Tali, I think, was like very sincere. A lot of it felt realistic. It's not, if it isn't the way I speak, that's just because I have a strong reaction sometimes to these like cooler than me types of people in books Mm -hmm. and they are that way like I think and so I have sometimes a strong reaction to but the the way that their 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 whole conversation and dialogue felt really authentic yeah they're texting all of it mm -hmm. there's like a level of like self-deprecating that made their coolness approachable you know like I'm like okay they're able to they make mistakes and make fun of themselves and trip over each other and <laughs> to- yeah totally. that's why I think that's what they part of why they're such a good writer is they were able to conjure this sort of cool vibe and exterior but then also gave you a window into some of the like significant neuroses for both of them that like lurked yes. underneath so you got to, yeah. and you felt like it's you got a sense of they were like real whole people the main characters mm-hmm. for sure and, and yeah they, yeah you go oh, first. they were just so obsessed with each other <laughs> and you could just feel it like I felt it deep inside my kishkas like they were so <laughs> obsessed with each other and into each other and then like would get so devastated and anxious if one wasn't responding and like waiting for the three dots on the text like honestly I need a content warning for that like yes. delayed texting waiting for three dots like yes Ugh. you know it's like that's anxiety provoking so in, in the dating stages oh mm-hmm. Um, And they really felt that from each other and they were so into each other and so attracted to each other. And like the biggest conflict here is that they're not necessarily like Tali didn't typically go like this is a butch for butch story. Maple is butch for butch, but Tali previously wasn't. So like Maple wasn't Tali's type. Mm -hmm. 
But she but, gets but, over it. But yeah, yeah, they get over And I actually, like, that first hookup scene I thought was, like, kind of one of my favorite scenes in the book because it is, like... It was like it was. I I loved this book so much, and I think because they were so communicative and sexy at the same time, I was like, oh, this is this is great. Totally. I was gonna say like I think, you know, there's a lot of talking in the sex mm-hmm. scene where they're and not just not just sex, not just like dirty talking, but like working it out. Like, what yes. are you like? Who are you? What was this? Okay? Are, what do you want? What do I want? Can we yeah, be compatible? Consent. And I feel like, again, you know, I think with the stereotype and like the stereotype I always had with romance novels, I think, not knowing, not having read any of them, was that either there wasn't going to be any talking. It was just going to be like, you know, like Rhett Butler know. sweeping up Scarlett O'Hara, like and carrying her upstairs, like that type of thing. Or like, some kind of overly articulated, politically correct version of a romance novel that would just be so, like, deconstructed that it wouldn't be fun. Um, Yeah. And, like, this was so great because it did both. Like, it was really Mm -hmm. fun and sexy, but they also talked. (laughs) So that was was cool. I shared the pages of that scene with a friend of mine because I had some questions about Tali was like, are you trying to top me? And Maple was like, yeah, I'm a top. Tali's like, so am I. And I shared the pages of the book with a friend to just kind of get some clarity on this. And my friend, who is a lesbian or a queer, I don't know how they identify necessarily, but they are married, a woman married to a woman, mm-hmm. said this is so well written and it seems like exactly like a conversation that I could have had and have had similar conversations to like this is a real thing and it feels like very very authentic which I thought was really helpful to know it seems like you two sort of already knew that but I was like is this exaggerating like is this real or is this exaggerated for the story but and listen like I didn't pull multiple people I pulled one, but she said super, super, like this sounds extremely authentic. And like, then we got into a little bit of a deeper conversation about topping and it sounds like it's also nuanced. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Not just about penetration, also about control. Um, but there could definitely be a conversation where you're like in a situation and then have this, you know, conversation about one top, two tops. Thought it was interesting. She also said something that I think you might find interesting, which is that she feels like this is more applicable to people over 30 and that younger people are like a little bit more fluid and versatile. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's like these young people, like they they don't have the neuroses that I think. (laughs) And they don't need I think they don't need labels also the same. Exactly. Yeah. They don't need to name things or themselves or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I also like feel like and I kind of like felt that with this book of like, oh, okay, like even if you you even if you want to label yourself as something, whether you are stoned, no matter what that means to you, everyone else should accept that and move on with our lives you know of like we take our identities we say what they mean it's kind of the onus of the rest of the world maybe to like say okay and then move on you know yeah totally but I I thought that the the way that that they approach this in this book was was really cool and also this the, the hookup scenes were hot yes I agree it's yeah. interesting that they were hot with all this talk. 
That's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I agree. Like, I, agree. I would always be like, how much talking you have here? Like, sh- you know, shush. But no, it, it worked for them. Absolutely. It really did. And it was like, oh, you, because like, I think like in other romances that I've read, like everything is so perfect, you know, like in a sex scene, everything is so, is so like, they always say the right thing. They always touch the right place in the right way. And just like seeing them just like navigate using very real dialogue. I don't know. I was just like, for some reason, the authenticity made it sexier than any other book, I think. I've read when that you know what I mean like it was just like it didn't feel fake you know and it's like oh I maybe I don't want fake sex scenes anymore like I want authenticity these days it's hard it's almost impossible to like make fun of I don't want to make fun of it it's not that I want that but it's like you know your podcast is called too stupid to live but it's like no I want these people to live forever like yeah these are my friends they're like really kind good people and um and there's obviously like so much representation in the book you know like there there's a lot there and I think that you know the idea that this is even a Jewish book like being there's like all this Jewish identity woven into these queer identities I just think is really really cool there are some weird things when it comes to Judaism though yeah are you you're talking about like when they were talking about the synagogue and they said stage instead of bima <laughs> okay no but yes that's a perfect example okay Step perfect example Rosh Hashanah Seder thank you oh my god I'm so glad you brought because I was like I looked it up and I'm like are are satyrs like did i not know that like are satyrs year round now like because <laughs> like there is a tubish fat satyr it's a thing that's like molly and i have been to some but right no when you, you molly first, had, yeah no rachel when you first when you first texted me that first of all i hadn't gotten to that part of the book yet but then but you were like what's a rush what the hell's a rush Hashanah satyr or whatever you texted and i was like oh like that's too bad because during the book like i was so i was waiting to get to that part because you had already texted it to me and i was like Wow, I feel like this book has really gotten most things right with the... I felt like had gotten a lot of things right with the depiction of Judaism. And then I was just kind of waiting for them to mess it up. And then I was like, oh, there it is, Rosh Hashanah Seder. But then Mm -hmm. when I looked it up, it's a Sephardic thing. They have oh. a thing called a and you know that's her that's maple's, maple's whole Sephardic, thing that's is the whole that thing. you know okay. Ashka normativity which that's I exactly am obviously guilty of me um, too yeah but I had never this what exactly what you said um, Becky about like do we learn new things never heard of a Rosh Hashanah Seder but myjewishlearning.com informed me that it's a Sephardic thing. Okay, this is so helpful. I'm so glad you looked that up and that we didn't just throw Roz under the bus for this. But but this is, is most in most books, I think it's cool when they don't define their terms and it's just like, this is a Jewish tech book. And But that would have been helpful to know. I, I felt to, like I w- that was like a trick. A li- that was a little bit of like a test because, she, you know, Maple's mm-hmm. whole thing is that everyone just sees, you know, she, that she's left out of Judaism because of like being Sephardic and all of that. And I felt like that was that was Roz being like, oh, yeah, you think there's no such a thing as a Rosh Hashanah Seder? Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I actually love that because, like, again, that's another thing that I don't think I've ever encountered, like, in my experience is Ashka normativity and you know even when like I googled like like when I googled is there a satyr you know I didn't even think to google Sephardic you know it's just like I feel like even google is Ashka normative you know in terms (laughs) of like (laughs) the information that it's presenting us and it's like oh yeah like again like I feel like 
that's not like a nuance of a, a, a thing that like I think was ever like broached in in Hebrew school for me. Um, and but it's like oh, but it's affecting it affects people, you know. Okay, the thing is, I grew up in Great Neck where a lot of people are Persian, mm-hmm. and so. I feel like Sephardic culture and Persian culture in general was just like a really big part of my daily life. Yeah. I still haven't heard of this. And Sephardic Judaism encompasses a lot of different cultures. So like just because it might not be a Persian culture or a Syrian culture. Like I don't know where I couldn't. Where was Maple from? Where was Maple? I didn't 45 say, minutes sure. away. She was 45 <laughs> minutes away. That's all I know. <laughs> 45 minutes away in somewhere in upstate but it didn't say upstate what state just upstate true yeah um yeah okay so okay so stage seder no seder was not wrong rabbinic school Mm -hmm. it's not called that i don't want to pick things apart ah interesting but then in um, you know eagle i'm I'm eagle-eyed and in the uh, in the about the book it's correct it says rabbinical school that was edited Mm. And then I was just kind of, I feel like there could have been more with, at the beginning, Maple thinks that Tali's a rabbi. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, Tali has a leadership role at the synagogue, you know. Like, like, it's easy to confuse her as a rabbi when you see her being a leader inside of a temple, you know. (laughs) Right. Sure, but I I feel like that could, yeah, go on. No, you go, you go, go. No, I was just going to say, like, the, that was one one part of the conceit that I didn't really buy was, like, that Tali, all of a sudden, when she realized Maple was the artist they were meeting, was like, no, no, we're professional colleagues. Like, this can't happen. I was like, you're not really professional colleagues. Like, come on. Like, right. you're not, you don't work in the same space. You don't, like, see, you know, you're contracting with this person for, like, a one-off art installation. Like, it didn't seem like the issue that she was making it out to be, particularly since she seemed to have a really close like relationship with her boss, who was the rabbi, and then started oh talking with him about, that was crazy, that scene where she's like, we're both tops, so I don't know. And the rabbi was like, uh, <laughs> it's a bit too much information there. He was, he couldn't, Simon could not handle that. He was a funny character. He was I like, he was. Character. yes. Uh, he was like a little comic relief. I felt like he was supposed to be sort of like a, a little bit of like a caricature of a like bumbling rabbi. Yeah. And I will say the most realistic thing in this book that has to do with Simon is the temple having really gross cookies. Was yes. wondering what people were going to think about this. Yes. Yeah. The gross okay, cookies, but- very real. Okay, so I so I love those gross cookies though, Me too. but it's like oh, is it nostalgia? <laughs> like I like the leaf. You know the yeah. leaf? Uh-huh. That's bright green. Yeah. Often. The, it's like the pecan or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what you okay. were imagining? I was gonna say, what were you imagining? What were those? Because I was imagining more of like the like egg kichel type things, like that are like kind of crackery and sometimes they're twisted. Mm-hmm. I love the I love those. Yes. I was picturing, because this is what my Hebrew school gave us, like, during, like, snack time or something. Not during the, ho- not during, like, the high holy days when there would be, like, kind of, like, nicer platters. treats. I'm talking platters. about platters. Okay. Yeah. The pl- okay. So, for the, like, every day, like, oh, let's just, like, give these bored kids a snack. Kosher Oreos was, like, Hydrox cookies mm. was, like, what I was picturing. But then now when you said the, um, the like, you, like, for me, that leaf cookie is way nicer. That's a Friday night cookie. Yes. And, like. <laughs> totally. 
<laughs> Maybe that's what I should have been picturing. You know, I was picturing a platter of kiddish cookies, also sometimes known as shiva cookies, mm-hmm. to me. Where it's like, there's a few cigars. Those always go yes. first. There's the, the rainbow. Cigar, the rainbow. There's things. the rainbow square. I love Which those. I've been calling them color cake my entire life. Apparently, they're called rainbow cookies. I had Yours no makes idea. more sense, though, actually. Thank you. Thank you. They're not Thank even you. a rainbow. Yours makes more sense. <laughs> they're not a rainbow. I, I, yeah. Color cake. Color cake color makes cake. sense. <laughs> color cake. Those are really, I feel like those, those don't go so quickly, actually. But I, I think. Because they have good. almond extract and taste super weird. And you two are unusual, I think, for liking that. I, yeah, I like the almond extract cookies, but I, I realize yeah. it's polarizing. <laughs> the lace one, I love the lace. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, the lace is amazing. I like the sandwich cookie, half dipped in chocolate with sprinkles. Molly doesn't eat chocolate, but you know right. the jelly sandwich cookie? Yeah. It's like that. Shape. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I love, so, sometimes those platters also have like a Linzer tort cookie. Oh, yeah. Now. Mm. Oh, that's, that's A1. That's really good with the powdered sugar. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but it was just I funny. I was that, that. It was just funny. First of all, I mean, yeah, I don't know who, but then it was just funny that it came out that he, it was like his, the big reveal is that he was patronizing like his girlfriend's grandmother's bad cookie store, bad, yeah. bad bakery. Um, he, yeah, he was in love with her, with right. the, the, the granddaughter of the baker. Right. And then it was that, like, we yeah. had to break up because I insinuated that her grandmother's cookies were bad. Like, I don't know, <laughs> that whole, like, in, in juxtaposition with, like, the nuanced, like, kind of very modern relationship that the main characters were having, like, Simon mm-hmm. just seemed like he was stuck in, like, 1953. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, Simon was yeah. in the wrong book. I liked him. Yeah, I liked him, too. And that's, that's what and I, I liked their relationship. Yeah. Holly and Simon. Totally. It's like kind of what this book, why this book felt like a TV show to me because it was like, oh, the main plot line is like Tolly and Maple and that's a very serious, very grounded thing. And then it's like the goofy side character is like, oh, no. Yes, totally. And I was like, okay, all right. (laughs) Totally. Something came up in this book for me that I wanted to talk to you two about because sometimes a word will come up in a book and, you know, it'll make me think about that word and I know I, I find it annoying when people don't like the word moist like I just feel mm-hmm. like I'm over it like I actually really like the word I think it's sexy I'm over it and I discovered in this book a word that I actually do think is repulsive damp interesting damp. interesting at one point she felt her armpits getting damp mm-hmm because she was like, in a good way, like meaning she, meaning because she was hot, like she was sweaty, or just because, because she was, it was like anxiety sweat. Uh huh. Okay, so like negative damp, like, negative not damp, like, not like a damp <laughs> pussy. It was yeah. like negative damp, like armpits dampening, and I was like that word for all of moist bad PR. Mm-hmm. Damp. Right. It implies just, like maybe like a moldiness, perhaps, right? Like, imp- like. I think mud and rain. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think yeah. mud when I think damp. Like, yeah. just sad plants being very wet. Right. It's like stagnant <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I hear you. <laughs> Had to tell you about that. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, another thing about like yeah. the depiction of Judaism that I was just curious that, that I mm. never really occurred to me. So, toward the end. Tolly's like sitting there for Simon's like Rosh Hashanah rehearsal, which apparently is like a thing that they do every year. Is that? Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I assume that rabbis practice like their Rosh Hashanah sermon or whatever, but do they really do like a dry run of the whole thing like it's opening night? 
Yeah, no, they did it. They're like, we have to do a rehearsal like we are like for the local like tech. theater. Yeah, right. like we like have tech. a tech rehearsal. We're doing West Side Story. Like we need to do it. Right, like do. cue the lights, <laughs> like all that. That seemed very funny to me. And I never, is yeah. that a thing? I mean, I guess it makes okay, sense. I have some intel on this okay. because I work in a Jewish organization that's effectively a synagogue. Mm-hmm. We're a community without a synagogue space, but we have a rabbi. And we have high holiday services at an out, a different a location outside of our main building because our main building fits our preschool and Hebrew school. It doesn't have like Friday night services. That's it. And they definitely like go to the space the, a day or two before to do like some kind of a run through. Like I'm not there with our rabbi. I don't think anyone's like watching her. I don't think she's ever doing a straight run through of like Shachari to Musaf <laughs> with like with like a Devar Torah in the middle. I'm pretty sure not at all. But they definitely go to the space and like run through some things. Hmm. Okay. In advance. I will say in this book, it made it seem like they have uh, rehearsals they have services in this space all year long this you know I, when like during I don't know if you guys but like for the high holy days like you know how like the growing up like the back of the temple used to open up and you would put in like the more seating you know sure. and I'm mm-hmm. like maybe the rabbi needs to practice projecting I don't know but do we need to do a whole like <laughs> Shachari Tamusa. <laughs> I don't think so. Especially because he's been doing it all these years. Right, like, like he's he been, knows. doesn't change, right? Like, he got it, like, at this point. You know what would have been more authentic? Like, having her read over his sermon. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you that know, also, been... like, it brings, like, I, I would never, have th- I wouldn't, if you ask me, like, sexiest Jewish holidays, Rosh Hashanah would not be at the top of my list. Yeah. What is the sexiest Jewish holiday? Uh, well, I, I mean, in, what do you think? F- for I, me, what comes out, I, I think Purim. Okay. Me too. Yeah. Oh like, my God. That's yeah. my, that's my immediate go-to because it's like, there's, it's, it has just, we've talked about this because we had Purim episode, but like, um, you know, it has just this element of debauchery where like, it's, yeah. it's part of the thing. To, you know, you get drunk, you, you you have a sexy costume, like there's parties. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's kind of our like, the Hamantashen, our, our vulvas. Hometashen are vulvas. They are vulvas. Yes. See, they told us it was the hat that Haman no. no, wore. No, they're vulvas. This whole time. What kind of hat is that? Come on. A vulva hat, apparently. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was going to say Hanukkah because like a candles. Candles yes, are romantic. Yeah. Sexy. No, it is for yeah. sure. But, but it's Shoshana. Yeah, go on. No, it's sexy and I'm thrilled to be able to read lots of books about it. But, but you know, Purim is sexier. But you know, Rosh Hashanah. It's not even a holiday where you necessarily see people out. You know, I mean, you see them in shul, but, like, you're with your family. Yeah, like, Rosh Hashanah is, for me, like, my thought is gefilte fish at my grandmother's house. And there's nothing sexy about any of those things. <laughs> okay, but the thing, is, the thing is, if, like, Tali and Maple are there, mm-hmm. it would be. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they, they look good for them, you know. <laughs> No, but it the thing is, like- is that not only is it like that Tali and Maple are sexy to, by themselves and together, but also like that scene where she's watching the rabbi rehearse, the sermon is like the pivot point of the romance for her. Yeah. Like his exhortation to like, 
heal the world and like make it a better place like is what gets her to be like I need to be with the love of my life I need to follow my passion and you know I don't know like there was again there was like an earnestness about her you know even though she was supposed to be like a very jaded character and she had experienced loss and all this like there was an earnestness and a genuineness about her relationship with Judaism that was very sweet and I don't know refreshing Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that like she's described as jaded and grumpy. She didn't feel I do I not know what grumpy means cuz she didn't feel like that grumpy. It just seemed like she had a lot on her plate and a lot to worry about. <laughs> she did <laughs> understandably. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she was as grumpy on the page as she might have been. Yeah. As she was thinking about her. Absolutely. She didn't present yeah. that grumpy. She didn't present that she yeah, you know, you're right about that. Yeah. Although I did absolutely enjoy Maple poking at her, though. Like, I truly believed, like, because you know how, like, for me, like, sometimes teasing is like, oh, no, are you going too far? Like, you know, whatever. Nope, she, na- she nailed that teasing every time. I did not get uncomfortable. Totally. totally. I really <laughs> liked in the, we've been reading a spate of like YA Jewish romance novels and I really liked how like those teenagers are like sometimes awkwardly attempting to flirt and then they just get mean. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And then they get insulted and they have to like uninsult each other and then that like, you know, is part of fuels the story. But here it's like, it's like they're adults and they like know how to tease without being mean. Um, exactly yeah yeah. like when they say I hate you because she full-on texts I hate you obviously it means I love you I mean I feel like they were insta love and just didn't want to admit to themselves um and it's like oh yeah like you just like knew from the second they sat down next to each other like they're constantly thinking about each other they're made for each other um I think like what I also liked is that like it wasn't the onus of like getting better and coming of age or I supposedly wasn't just on Tally's end like like Maple had her own thing too of getting past her own insecurities of like she's like because I sometimes feel sometimes in other romances it feels a little one-sided where it's like one person's perfect and the other person has to like meet their level and it's like no it was equanim equal (laughs) that word (laughs) totally yeah they were both on their own equitable Mm -hmm. equin no Equanimity? Equitable. Equanimous? Could that be a noun? Equanimous? Equanimity-based internal pressures exactly. that you put on yourself. They both they both are not guilty. Or, you know, they yeah. both have them. They yeah. both were, like, three-dimensional characters. They were, like, on their own journeys. Yeah, yeah. Um, both of them I liked. I mean, they they talk about, like, you know, their relationships with their sisters in, in the book. They both have two other sisters and I was like oh did you guys relate to that at all like in terms of your siblings I wasn't thinking that way Mm -hmm. but also like I grew up with siblings much older than me and Mm -hmm. I was the only one in the house for many years like I was the only child of my two parents okay but then I had two older sisters and two older brothers from my parents first marriages so like I have siblings we're close but I didn't, if that felt different in terms of like thinking about just like some of these conversations Mm -hmm. and I don't know. And then Malia and her brother and sister came into my life when I was already in my 20s. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I wasn't thinking, were you, did you have connect to any of the sibling stuff? I didn't really, I I mean, I thought there was that whole scene where like um, Tali reveals like her sort of family structure and how she, which was like, 
pretty out there. Like, I thought, like, her, she was a, the adopted, like, biological child of her mom's best friend who, like, got pregnant in high school. And then her other two siblings were also much younger than her, were, like, conceived both by her mom on her own with a donor. Um, you know, none of which are circumstances that I have in my nuclear mm-hmm. family from growing up. And, and I don't have, like, siblings that I are much younger than me that I feel, like, parental tour i mean i am the oldest so i do of course judge my siblings <laughs> but yeah. um not in, not in um you know i didn't know i didn't particularly relate to the the dynamics did you becky i i related to maple in a way because i'm the youngest i have an older brother and like i you know i feel like no matter who you are in the order of things it's it's difficult no matter what it like you know being a kid has difficulties but like I I I feel like Maple was like a little bit of like a black sheep in a way in her family and it's like oh I kind of feel that way too even though like I'm close with my family and I get along with them you know like I just felt like I was like you know thinking the whole time I was like am I more of a Maple or am I more of a Tali and I realized I'm like oh I'm both (laughs) you know like I feel Mm -hmm. like I saw both of myself in both of those characters the thing is, it's like, this is my own thing, but it's like, because Maple is an artist who's like extremely talented and like a bee pollinator <laughs> and also studying Ladino, I'm like, I don't, I don't relate because I am, I don't, I feel, again, back to me being basic, like I feel so deeply not creative, like that when there's artists, like artistic, talented people who devote their time to doing their art. And then when you read Roz's bio, they're like, you know, we, I do weird art and have tons of interest. Like I have tons of interest, but like I don't have these, this artistic skill to create anything other than talking. That's an art. I can talk. This is my <laughs> art. But it's like, it's like, I, I, you know, it's like, it's hard for me to relate. And I, I appreciate them. And I appreciate these characters. But, and I want to read more. I like reading about artistic, interesting characters. And I see why they connect to each other. By the way, I was looking at Roz's website. It seems like there's a whole series of a small town where there's like lots of queer people and lots of art. And I don't know if that's like in any town USA fictional town I want to look more into that mm-hmm. but but it seems interesting and I, I do think that their books are generally Jewish there's also a Friday night short series where it just gets hot and heavy really fast they're on Kindle Unlimited <laughs> Friday night shorts love it Friday night yeah. short you got it I mean well, you know you, <laughs> you have to you have to get right to it on Friday night I mean yeah yeah limited I mean, time service is pretty short <laughs> then there's a kiddish you're done I mean come on yeah <laughs> Lights are, lights are um, off. Right. But yeah, no, I just like, there's something about these artistic characters that I, 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 I related to some of their angst. I related mm-hmm. to their intense attraction. I related to some of the anxiety. I related to some of like that, those big crush feelings, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. But, but yeah, they were, they were cooler and way more artistic. Yeah. And I mean, really into yeah. beekeeping. It may beekeeping cool. Like, you know, you never would have thought well, I mean, keeping bees is cool. Like, it has there's been definitely cool like the urban beekeepers in the city in Brooklyn. That's like a thing. I'm yeah. sure they're everywhere. There's some in my neighborhood too. There's, I mean, they have. There's a bunch of weird keepers. <laughs> <laughs> All things are <laughs> kinds of things are being kept. There's so many kept, so many kept colonies. <laughs> 
One thing that I thought was interesting about this book is that like Roz's gender pro- Roz's pronouns are they them. These two characters identified as butch women. Like they mm-hmm. the, both of their pronouns were she her. And then like someone came into the the B place, B porn, and they were like very quickly like they use they them, she uses she her, and then they just like kept kept getting to the conversation and like just like the way that it was just like out there and very normal felt like I don't know very very lovely but also realistic but also again like an interesting choice that these two like this is a choice being made like this isn't these aren't trans characters these are mm-hmm. the, these are characters that are identify as butch and also you know butch women and that that was an and Roz writes a lot of butch for butch books but mm-hmm. does not I don't think identify that way which it doesn't these things don't have to be autobiographical but just thought that was interesting and cool. Oh yeah, totally. Like I, I think like maybe like being able to you know write like a maybe there is a there could be a part of like Roz in these characters, you know. But maybe like yeah, maybe not necessarily based on like the same pronouns or whatnot. But like I don't know. I feel like you know just being able to like be a different person as you write them out. You know, it seems like so. Um, fun to me um when you don't have like writer's block which i know every writer has but you know i don't know totally um so but you're a comedian also right yes yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and do you do you want to write one of these books one day you know i have tried i actually well like i do like like um writing and performing and like comedy writing and stuff but i did recently work on a romance novel game like um like it was like a choose your own adventure mobile so app a romance novel Ooh. so i was able to delve into that world of oh writing romance because like i think like they wanted people because it was all dialogue so they didn't want like they wanted like people who have like written like you know shows before and so i was like it was really hard um <laughs> and um but like and i but i loved the medium of doing it like i feel like I don't know if I would ever write a book, though. What about you? It's just like, I I don't know if there's one in me. Like, mm. I, my husband says there's a book in me. I hope he's right. And anytime I was saying this on our last episode, we had Stacey Agdern, who writes a, a lot of these books on on our podcast and she was describing how it all came to be and she was like well first I read this article and like the character was born there and then I was at this event and then I was like oh okay cool because every time I'm at any place I'm like oh that would be a great book but really it would be just be like a good scene in the book sorry I'm repeating myself to mm-hmm. people who listened to last week's episode of Hanukkah <laughs> Erotica but it's like so it's like now that she said that I feel like this whole week has been different for me where I'm like maybe I should just be taking notes of like all these different things that I think seem sexy and or funny or mm-hmm. you know sincere or whatever it is that I'm feeling and like start to, but I, I really think that I was sent here to read these books and mm-hmm. talk about them yeah I mean obviously <laughs> obviously <laughs> Malia what about you would you ever write a romance I mean I know that like you have it started out reading romance but would you ever write a Jewish romance I don't know I just I feel like I'm such a critic like that it 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 takes I feel like it takes an admirable degree of again like earnestness and genuine mm-hmm. you know genuineness that I don't know if I have <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I much prefer, again, being, you know, I started out, I think, being sort of like the, the you know, thinking I was going to be mocking uh, mostly mm-hmm. sort of like books in this genre. And, you know, to be fair, there is mocking does take place, I think. But mm-hmm. I, I've been like very charmed by them um, in a lot of ways that I didn't expect. But yeah, I, I, I think it would be it would be hard to get to that point. Uh, and, and writing a book, I mean, is just a that's a. It's a big project. That do have has everyone been asking you ever since you put out the podcast? Like, well, are you going to write one? Are because the people ask me that all the time. Like, are you going to write one? I'm like, I. I, But you're also a writer. True and yeah, but it's a book with like pages (laughs) and words. I know. (laughs) Um, This is the thing. Like, for however trashy or like you know whatever these books are, whatever words we want. Not this one. This one was actually just Mm -hmm. really good. But it's like for whatever you know trashy or like you know chiclet or whatever sort of derogatory term you can use for any romance book Mm -hmm. these people these authors these writers are do they're amazing like it's a huge undertaking Mm -hmm. they're writing completely flushed out stories while almost always having it seems like these people have multiple either a full-time job full-time job plus a family they're you know it's this is very i'm very 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 impressed by all of the authors that we read. Me too. I mean, like, they have And series. they're prolific. Yeah. And, like, you know, and also, like, what I am have been grown very impressed with is the way authors are marketing themselves online. Like, they all mm. they also do all of their social media, you know? And it's, like, they're, like, these own, they're their own, like, businesses in a way. And it's, like, oh, wow. And the fact that, like, I think with, like, r- reading a sex scene, writing a sex scene, writing something where you are, like, very vulnerable it involves getting vulnerable on like the writer's part and like that I commend authors for because like it's a place where you kind of don't want to go you don't want to like go near the corniness you know you want to be as like for me at least want to be as jaded as possible (laughs) totally yeah it's hard to go there I mean it's yeah yeah, you're totally right it's very it's vulnerable to be the writer Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and they do it and they do it well yeah, and yeah, it's fun. Really, really it's do. fun. It doesn't have to be great, like great literature to be fun. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's I feel like, you know, the world needs to just redefine what a book is. Like I think so many people think like, oh, a book, a real book is the I don't know, whatever. Not this. But these are real books. All <laughs> books are real books. <laughs> They are. They are. I can't believe how many of them are Jewish. You've read other Jewish ones on your podcast. Yes, I have. Yeah, I've read some crazy ones. I mean, like, I've read a Jew, like, there's Jewish monster, or, I'm sorry, Jewish alien romances, um, alien romances. Um, Yeah, there's, like, there's everything. I mean, obviously, there's, like, everything you can think of in general in romance. Like, it is, like, porn, where it's, like, oh, I wonder if there's, like, a romance with a lamp and a fan I'm just looking at two things but yes it exists you know what I mean like it's like it's out there and I imagine one of them is Jewish no. <laughs> yeah last last week was we did our first Jewish hockey romance and I was, we were mm-hmm. opening the world of hockey romance to Malia this was new to her yeah mm-hmm. so many hockey romances outside hockey of the Jewish is world a huge sport and like and it, it's like oh I was listening, I was like, yeah, because it's fast. It's like, because like baseball, I mean, I've read baseball romance and it's like, baseball feels slow, football feels slow, but hockey, you're just like zip, zip, zipping around and it's like, oh, okay, maybe that's why. Could be. I'm not a sports person myself, so I'm just kind of like, hmm. 
Right. But either like Stacey Agder gave us quite a passionate course on, you know, all things hockey and Jewish romance related. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's a whole world. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, do What books are you going to read next? What, what, what do you have coming up in the pipeline? Is that the right phrase? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great question. Okay, so we actually have never read a Harlequin book. There are some Harlequin books that are Jewish. Do you read Harlequin? Are there I do. Under mm-hmm. $5 yeah. on this? So, okay, so we're reading next. It's called Home for the Holidays. It's very timely because it's another Rosh Hashanah book. It's a high holiday book. Great. It's a great. Harlequin. Mm-hmm. And it's written by Jennifer Wilk. We're really excited. It's our first Harlequin. And um, you want to hear the blurb? Yeah. Okay. When big city advocate Sarah Abrams returns home for the high holidays, she's got a lot on her mind, especially whether to marry her perfect on paper boyfriend. The last person she wants to encounter is Aaron Isaacson, her first love and the one who broke her heart. But after Aaron and Sarah joined forces to fight an act of hate, it's clear that their deep connection never abated. If only they could forgive one another for the past in time for a sweet new start. Wow. That looks deep. Yep. Yeah, it's We're intense. excited. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are you reading next? My next book, um, it's, it's, uh, well, it's not, uh, Jewish. It's, it's, um, like kiss me before midnight or something. And, um, it's my guest requested something that, um, takes place at an aquarium. And I, so I like, you know, search the internet for someone, a character who works at an aquarium and I can't believe I found it. So I guess it's an aquarium. <laughs> And with humans. Great. <laughs> cool. Great. I was also telling Mal how like there's a lot of witch romances. Yep. I think there mm-hmm. might be a Jewish one. Hmm. But mm-hmm. have you do you read witch romances? I do sometimes? read witch romances. And a Gary a guy or something is good. Um and then like I read like there's like this it might be her, it's like called like the X Hex and like all of those. Oh the X Hex, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. Those are those are really fun. I like witch those romances. Those are fun. I read the X Hex. Yeah. yeah, witch romances are fun. They're, they're, they they do think there might be a witch Jewish witch that would crossover. Be cool. I'd like if to there isn't, that. There will, there, yeah. If there isn't, there's one coming up. I know oh it's going to happen someone, at totally. some point. Yes. Someone's writing it right now. I hope you so. You know what book you should read that we loved? Going by Coastal by Dahlia Adler. Okay. We loved that book. Really good. Okay. I'll check it's, it out. takes place half in LA, half in New York. Mm-hmm. I recommend that Very one. Very fun. Oh. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Do you recommend any other stuff before we wrap up? What about I read for my friend's podcast? It's Snowbound in Her Boss's Bed. Now, I know it doesn't sound like a Hanukkah romance, but it's a billionaire Hanukkah romance. They just didn't make it seem like it was Hanukkah with the title. It's Harlequin, I think. I think it's Harlequin. Snowbound in Her Boss's Bed? Yep. Mm-hmm. That sounds okay. good. If you want to get wild and read an alien romance, I there is me- meteors and menorahs. If okay, great. Oh, my you, God. Like, are like what is this world of alien romance i'm scared understandably but you also want to be like what is this world of alien romance and you just need like your hand held as you kind of like walk in that book is great it's a it's so good 
<laughs> I feel ready. Molly, do you feel scared or ready for me? No, I, I feel excited. I, I think it's time. <laughs> I'm ready to cross that threshold. I feel like we're more, I feel like we're more worried about snow, snowbound in snowbound her boss's, in her boss's bed. bed. I'm a little scared about, to be honest with that, you. But. I mean, honestly, like that to me sounds more like crazy than like there's a literal alien living in the apartment next door to me during Hanukkah. Yes. Snowbound <laughs> in her boss's bed sounds a little scary. Um, mm-hmm. This was so. This is so much fun. Yeah. Oh my God. This was the. Thank you so so much for having us. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad we were able to meet up, and and thank you for doing your podcast. Really, it's as as a Jewish romance reader, I really appreciate it. I'm glad. I'm glad you're enjoying. Thank you. Yeah. Happy to be part of the. We were just saying we can't believe we're part of this community. It feels so surreal and wonderful. 